Yeah, I mean, I love Ty, but he needed to eat. <laughs> and so a lot of times ingenuity <laughs> and innovation comes out of desperation, right? Yeah. And and so he was doing that. He's like, oh my goodness, what? how am I going to sell this? What am I going to do? So why would two guys leave comfortable jobs, move across the country, and start a business in an industry they don't know, a place they don't know? And could it be successful? We're Dale and Brian Carmi. Join us as we share our story and inspire you to become people of impact. Welcome to the Impact Without Limits podcast. How does your long-term vision affect your short-term action? Hey, welcome back to the Impact Without Limits podcast. We are Dale and Brian Carmi, and uh, happy to have you with us for another week. Great question about long-term vision and short-term action. Thank think, you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Dale and I have talked about, we, we tend to look at our business and, and have since the beginning through binoculars rather than through a microscope. And looking at the, the long-term vision of the horizon of where we're going rather than through the microscope of all the details of the minutiae of the day-to-day. That doesn't mean that we aren't focused on what we need to do today, but it's more a picture of where we're going. Well, sure. I think in terms of action, you need to have the microscope, day-to-day action. You need to, to pay attention to the details. They do matter. But we're talking about in terms of business in general, we looked at it through the vision, through the binoculars. What's out on the horizon? What are, you know, kind of getting the bigger picture. So I, th- I think we're going to share a couple stories today, kind of exemplify that. Brian, you know, we've talked about Randy some already. How'd that work out for us with with Randy? You know, talk about what that relationship was and the benefit to us of of uh, expanding it down there to Tucson. Yeah, we had talked about Randy came out. He was a friend of ours. Uh, lived in Arkansas. Was interested in moving to Tucson. And we knew there was an opportunity in Tucson. We went down and worked a show there. We talked about, you know, we went and got started doing some sales calls and then making some sales and going back and doing the installs. And then when Randy was uh, able to move out, uh, he moved out to Tucson and we we helped him get started. Uh, But we weren't looking at it again. We weren't looking at it through the microscope of what do we get today, but really where is the business going? And so we weren't looking at the the money that we made or, or didn't make in the moment. We didn't charge Randy for our time. He didn't pay us to get get started. We just looked at it and said, if we can help him develop a successful business, we knew somehow that would be beneficial for us. Yeah. And that's a great point, Brian, because we could have very easily set Randy up as a dealer or a sub-dealer that was buying product from us and we would order from Astralon. We're marking it up a little bit. We're making money. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that model. But early on, what we really wanted to do was just see the business succeed, not not just our business, the business in general. And so we did look at this relationship with Randy through the binoculars. And like you said, if we could go out, if we could help Randy get started in Tucson, if he could grow, if he could develop, um, we figured a year, two years down the road, somewhere once he had, had been established and had traction with selling product, that <clears throat> we'd get benefit from it whether he started buying product for, from us or, or however we work this, that there would be gain in the future. But in the near term, it was how do we help Randy? And uh, we invested uh, a lot of time yeah, 
um, a decent amount of money and certainly a lot of effort um, building Tucson for no financial gain. That was not in any way, shape, or form a moneymaker for us because we made no money from it other than I think those first five jobs we sold that we told the story about uh, when you did the home show, those five were our projects. After that, everything that happened in Tucson was, was Randy's. Yeah, and it wasn't, just to be clear, it wasn't completely altruistic. I mean, we, we had conversations with Randy about long-term what this could look like and some type of partnership or profit sharing or some type of payback for, for what that market was becoming. But again, it was focused on the long-term. It was focused on what it would become, not what's in it for us today. So we, like I said, we had multiple trips down to Tucson. We had sales calls we made with Randy. We had installs. We did, and and Tucson started going. It was, you know, things were happening down there, and that was exciting to see. Um, and then we had a, a similar scenario with uh, our buddy Ty. Yeah, so I think within the first year, we were already expanding to two new markets. And uh, uh, yeah, so Ty uh, came out. We talked about him coming out and visiting us in uh, Albuquerque, and we knew – that that there wasn't really room in that market, or at least we didn't think there was at the time. Um, and so we looked at, at Orlando and, and time moved down there. And, uh, again, similar, we would, we would book flights. We would pay for our travel down to, to work with Ty, to help him get started, to build something. And, and again, back to your business plan on a paper plate. I, I mean, I think there, there was a vision of long term. you know, that this could, um, you know, all feed a, a central business unit, but in the moment we weren't focused on how do we, how do we get as much profit out of this or how do we get any profit out of it? We were focused on what can we do to invest in this business and create a long-term successful dealership in Orlando. So Brian, I think we've talked about this before in some of our previous shows, but the parable of the talents, yeah. the story from Matthew, where you had three Men, three people that were given five talents, two talents, and one talent. And two of them went and took what they were given and turned it into more. One buried it and did nothing with it, just trying to protect what he was given. And that one was called slothful and wicked and lazy. We didn't want to be that. And we knew we had an opportunity. We knew we had this idea. We knew we had this business. We had this knowledge. How could we use this to grow and expand and do more. And that's kind of what we were trying to do with Ty and Randy. Now, Randy and Tucson, Tucson's very similar to Albuquerque. Right. So we hit that pretty quick and that was, that was up and running. And I think Randy was doing pretty well right out of the gates. Ty was a little bit of a different story. It was, uh, people may not know this listening in, but Albuquerque is a desert climate. Florida is a tropical climate. They're not exactly (laughs) the same. Uh, no, it was, uh, we kind of had a, a playbook, right? We had developed, here's what yeah. you do. You do some local advertisements, some home shows. You go out and do in-home estimates. And presto changeo, you're selling uh, front yards, backyards, and putting in forever, or sorry, at the time, Astroline. But in Florida, Ty was running that same playbook. He was getting the leads. We were all excited. He was going out and doing these estimates. Instead of 5000 or $10,000 projects, they were 50000 and 100000 because the yards were so much bigger. Yeah, we, we, you're talking about a playbook. We didn't do our film study, right? We, we had not scouted the competition. So we just had what had worked at the, the last game. We were running at the next game. 
and we were up against a stiff competitor. Um, being the tropical climate yeah, of Florida, where the grass tropical grows. climate, right? Uh, grass growing, not we, we were used to our small 600, 800 square foot backyards surrounded with block walls, uh, you know, the postage stamp lots where it, it wasn't a big deal to put in grass. And all of a sudden, we're out in Florida, we're going and measuring. I, I remember taking a trip down to help time. You said we flew down there to help him out. And he was calling us, things weren't working. And we're thinking, well, you know, let's go down and show him because obviously the issue is with Ty. And I went on two sales calls with him. Um, like you, you referred to, the first one was, oh, it was like, a, I don't know, 8,000, 5,000, 8,000 square foot yard, which is just huge. From our vantage point, it, it was something like sixty, seventy thousand dollars, and then the next one was three times that size. It was almost like a half acre lot, and and the price it was silly, right? It was at least at yeah, that least time. At that was, time, yes. you know, we're talking one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars to to install this, and these are just we're not these weren't um, the high end palatial homes, multi million dollar homes. These are just homes, right. just where people lived. They had big lots, and not I think the store big lots. No, not not this. This is they not may, an advertisement. They may have had that too. You never might, know. Yeah. Uh, but I remember calling you and just saying, "Hey, we might have a problem here." <laughs> I remember that call. And I didn't do it in front well, of Ty, first, right? At first, let's be honest. We thought the problem was It was Ty. It was definitely <laughs> Obviously, Ty. Obviously, we were able to sell in Albuquerque. We were able to sell in Tucson. Uh, Ty was clearly the the variable here. Yeah. Uh, and then when you went down and hit the same situations and same stumbling blocks that Ty did, you realized, hey, we might need to change something. Yeah. I, well, I think my words were, I'm not sure what we got Ty into. <laughs> I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> it was uh, kind of... Uh, my reaction. Interestingly, that actually, uh, it, it could have been seen as a problem, but we ended oh, up- Oh, it was a big problem. It was, it was we, <laughs> we maybe reframed it into an opportunity. We started to come up with this idea of two things. One was solution selling, yeah. not covering an entire yard, but how do we take a certain area and and you know cover that and or fix a problem they have? Maybe it's an area for the dogs, an area for the kids, an area- uh, maybe it's a putting green, whatever, but a smaller section rather than doing the whole yard like we did in Albuquerque. And then two, the idea of playground grass. Ty started looking at you know the opportunities in the market and really saw this idea of installing uh, a fall safe surface under playgrounds. Neither one, I mean, I don't know that either of those come if we just stay in the Albuquerque market. Yeah, I mean, I love Ty, but he needed to eat. <laughs> and so a lot of times ingenuity <laughs> and innovation comes out of desperation, right? Yeah. And and so he was doing that. He's like, oh my goodness, what? how am I going to sell this? What am I going to do? And, you know, we had been kicking around the idea of playground servicing because we ran mm -hmm. into that out in Albuquerque and the pushback we kept getting was, no, you can't do that. Uh, insurance, liability, this, that. Uh, so we were kind of battling that. And I think Ty grabbed that idea and said, I'm going to run with it. And you're right. So a lot of times in life, you hit these, these points that, that seem like, and we talked about roadblocks and hurdles before, but they seem like a roadblock. They seem like a dead end. And really what that can do is challenge you and force you to 
pursue new ideas, to change the way you think and to come up with a new game plan, which is what we did. And that 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 turned out worked out well. So while we're down here in Florida, we venture off into a little bit of story, some of the things we ran into. When I went down with Ty, we went to work a home show. And Brian, later you went down, had a, an interesting visit with him too, maybe want to go we into, did. but at this uh, home show, that was that was a thing in Albuquerque. That launched us in Tucson. That launched us in Albuquerque. We're like, this is going to kill it in Orlando. And um, we go to this home show. And, and again, we got kind of the same laughs we had in Albuquerque because this is a new idea in Orlando. Um, but it just, it didn't grab the way it did in Tucson and Albuquerque. Well, again, grass grew because it rained in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> the umbrella would have been good the in Florida. This is where we needed the umbrella. So, so we do this home show, and and it was okay. Uh, it was nice because we were the only company that was doing grass. Uh, there were some people that were interested in it, but then that led to those sales calls that were just crazy out of the way. But uh, really had had an interesting encounter while we were at this home show. So we're we're at uh, Orlando Convention Center or something, and uh, I told Ty, I said, "Hey, I'm going to take a break and go out and get a drink." So I go out of the main. Uh, area into the the hall and the the concession room and there is it's pretty these pretty big areas pretty big hallways and right there's this couch up against the wall and there's a guy sitting on the couch as I'm walking up to order the food I look over and right behind this guy's head where he's sitting on this couch is this huge scorpion (laughs) honest to goodness this thing's probably four or five inches long it's black and it just looks nasty. And is right behind this guy's head. And I just paused for a minute. I'm like, am I really seeing this? And so I wasn't sure what to do, but I figured I had to do something. So I go up to, to the concession stand. And After I cut you in, alerted the guy. I'm no, I didn't say anything okay. yet. All right. I cut in line. I said, hey, I need a couple cups. And they're like, what? I said, just give me two empty cups. And they're kind of giving this look like, we cut it in line. Who do you think you are? I said, this might sound strange, but there's a scorpion behind this guy's head, and I need some way to catch it. And they're like, oh, so they give me these two paper drink cups. And I go over and I walk up to this guy. And this this guy, he doesn't even know I'm looking at him. So I've got to go up to this strange person and not startle him. And I just said, sir, please don't move. Don't be startled. But I need you to stand up very slowly. So the guy slowly gets up and I said, there's a giant scorpion right behind your head. <laughs> Get him out of the way. And I take these two cups and I come in and I capture, this is like, um, this is crocodile. Crocodile. Yeah. yeah. Crocodile Dundee. This is big. No, not crocodile Dundee. Croc hunter. <laughs> Dundee would have done it too. But I take the, the, these cups and I scoop up this giant scorpion. So I've got this. And he's not happy. Now, he's in the cups, and I can hear him, like, thrashing around. I'm thinking, oh, dear Lord, please do not let these cups separate, because he's going to come at me like the alien and land on my face. So we go in. We go into the the trade show, and there is this um, uh, exterminator, right, advertising for for the trade show. And I go over there. I'm like, guys, do you have some type of mason jar, glass jar, or something? And they did. So give me this mason jar. I put the scorpion in the jar and put the lid on, and we poke holes in it just like I was a little kid catching fireflies, and I now have the scorpion in the jar. I'm sure many people thought when you went to the exterminator, you were going to find something to kill the scorpion, <laughs> no. but that was not where you went. That there. was not it. I, that, listen, this guy was a fighter. So uh, ended up 
keeping him all through the show. And when it came to the end, I, I didn't know. I don't know. Maybe I should have thrown him down and killed him, stepped on him, but he had the chance to bite me if I did that. So at the end of the show, it's like, what do you do with the scorpion? And I figured, well, obviously, I'm going to take him back to Albuquerque. <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> I take this glass jar, I put it in my suitcase, and I go to the airport to fly back to Albuquerque. I'm thinking, please don't break. And and also, please get through security. Like, I might be breaking some federal I'm laws or something. There were multiple by taking federal laws you were breaking. onto an airplane. So I check my bag. They put it under the plane. I fly back to Albuquerque. I get home, and I'm thinking, this thing's either dead or loose in my suitcase. So when I go to open the suitcase, I put it in the, my garage. I get my son, Derek. I said, Derek, I told him what's going on. This is like at midnight. I wake him up. I'm like, I need your help. So we dress up. We put on hoodies, goggles, gloves, coats, all this stuff. We're all completely protected. We go out into the garage and we open the suitcase. And again, I'm thinking when I unzip this thing and flip it open, this scorpion's just going to come like springing out at me. And uh, amazingly, the jar was intact. The scorpion was alive. Yes. And we kept that thing as a pet. It was we, an office pet. We got like a what is it, terrarium. And uh, put it there. We'd put him in, and we'd we'd feed him grasshoppers and things. And man, he was vicious. Yeah, he yeah. whipped that tail. I think we might need to rename this episode to something like Scorpion Hunter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> catching a scorpion with a paper cup. So anyway, that was just a cool yeah, story. It, that really really odd. It has nothing to do. It is an amazing story, and I am here to vouch <laughs> that is a true story. And um, I saw the scorpion. I fed the scorpion. Yeah. So we're back to, um, you know, our time in, in Florida, we, we shifted, we pivoted, right? And, and yeah. you also, <clears throat> you had a little bit of a situation in Florida. Yeah, I don't know that we have time to get into that story. I think that might be a fun one for, for another day. But uh, it was another home show that we went down to work. And we ended up running into, I mean, uh, you know, you always get people that, that come by that, uh, you know, they want something for their home. And sometimes you get somebody that comes by and we weren't really doing a whole lot of commercial business at the time, but we knew that was a good market. And we had somebody from Disney world come by and, uh, it opened up an opportunity and we were like, this could be the big break. And so, uh, guess we'll leave that as a cliffhanger that we can talk the about that story another time. <clears throat> so but I think the, yeah, just the, the whole concept of, of this, what we were talking about here is the idea of long-term vision of where you're going instead of what you can get out of it in the moment. Like if you hadn't been thinking about the long-term vision, you might not have been brave enough to take on the scorpion, exactly. <laughs> but you were thinking about, no, I mean, you talked about the parable of the talents. And I think so often we look at that and we think of what do we do with our money or sometimes even what we do with our time. But stewardship goes beyond that. And we, we talk sometimes about the idea of opportunity stewardship. And I'm sure I stole that from a book somewhere. But when you're given opportunities, what do you do with that opportunity? Do you, do you just um, squander it? Do you ignore it? Do you leave the door unopened? Or do you take advantage of that opportunity and look at how you can maximize it, not just for yourself, but for those right. around Multiply you? Multiply it. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about, um, you know, we, we do a thing at, at 
the office called Forever Leaders, where we hear different speakers. And there was one um, last month that talked about the idea of different types of leadership. Right. And there's the Pharaoh leader and the deliverer leader. And obviously, that comes out of the story of Moses in Egypt. But the, the idea of a Pharaoh leader is somebody that's always kind of looking at how they can build things in their own image. It's all about them. It's all about kind of the selfish vision of what do I get out of this? And, and every encounter that they have is, how does this benefit me? And then the flip side is the deliverer leader. And the idea of a deliverer leader is he's looking at it as what's best for my people. How can I serve these people? How can I, you know, instead of enslave people and use them to make me better, how do I free people and how do I serve them in order to help them be better? And when you do that, the the idea of, you know, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll eventually get what you want. Um, I, I think that's just a, a great kind of summary of that type of leadership. Yeah. And, and guys, you don't have to be the leader of a company. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. We are all in positions of leadership in some way at some point. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your home. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's in church. Everybody finds themselves in a position uh, to have leadership and influence over others. And, and that is just a critical decision or definition or point where you can determine, like you said, am I going to use that opportunity to benefit me or am I going to use that opportunity to help the others around me learn how to benefit, uh, you, you know, how I can benefit them? Yeah, you, you, you hit the word influence. And I think in leadership is all about influence. And even in a sales process, you can do things. Is is that influence being used on someone else? Am I using that influence to benefit me, or am I using that influence to benefit them? Do I look at the situation as how it's the best for them? And you know, we, we go back to whether it's uh, the stories of Randy and Ty, or whether it's the stories of, of you know you know us uh, getting started in Albuquerque. It's never really been about turf for us, and, and you know, turf has been the vehicle, and I love it, and. And right now, I'm, I mean, I'm passionate about synthetic grass, and it's fun to see all the new, unique products and things we can come up with. But it's always been bigger than that. It's always been about, what, well, the title of this podcast. It's been about impact. Yep. Impact without limits. So in this episode, you're giving great leadership wisdom, and I'm telling stories about scorpions. And so both let me, have an impact. So let me try and get something of value from my side. Uh, I'd say a takeaway uh, if if you if you having an orange, right? I can take that orange, and if I take that orange right now and I squeeze it, I'm going to get orange juice out of it, and I'm going to have a glass of orange juice, and it's done. But if if I uh, save that orange, I allow it to grow and develop, or take the seeds and plant more and, and turn into more. So much more benefit can come from that. Not trying to get everything out of it at this moment and leave nothing left. But again, looking to that long-term vision of what's possible and the return that is available down the road versus what's available in the moment. Yeah. So all of you uh, listening, we well, it's, you know, hopefully again, when you hear these stories, whether it's um, you know starting different businesses in different areas or whether it's battling scorpions, you can see yourself in this story. And the question is, you know, how are where are you at right now in life that? Maybe you can look at it and say, what's the long-term vision? What's what's best for those around me? And being willing to, to take a short-term sacrifice in yep. order to gain those long-term dividends. Yeah. So, guys, if, if you uh, are enjoying this, if you're getting benefit out of it, please share it. Tell other people about it. 
um, take us take a screenshot of, of the podcast, post it on social media. Yeah, Dale and I are both on Instagram now. This is a, a newer thing this year. So if you want to find us out there uh, and share some podcast stories, we would love to see them or hear them. Absolutely. Give us your feedback. Let others know. And guys, go out there and be people of impact. This is the Fred Carmi reminding you that faith looks up, hope looks ahead, and love looks all around to see whom it can help. Good day.